coming up next in our interview series is uh, one of our HPSP recipients. Uh, it's Second Lieutenant Samuel Hankins. Uh, I've kind of known him for about the past little over a year now, um, kind of gotten him to this process so far. Uh, before we get going, go ahead and please uh, subscribe, like, share, and uh, go ahead and rate us for wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about you? Good. So you're an M1 right now down at, uh, down at HCOM. How's, uh, how's life living in secluded in your apartment now? You know, it's been interesting, uh, especially with HCOM. We had a pretty big habit of going to class every day. We were required to be in class, which is a little bit different for most med schools. Um, so doing that and then transitioning to going to class never and uh, just having videos posted and trying to find all the right resources was uh, definitely a challenge. Um, I'm happy I just finished my last exam two days ago and uh, quite excited to have the break on it. Um, <laughs> get back to some version of whatever life you can really get while locked in an apartment. Yeah, exactly. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know uh, you do have a history of military service in your family. Just briefly go ahead and tell us about how you got to this point right now and um, pretty much what got you interested in medicine in general? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll start off, I guess I'll start with medicine in general just because it's earlier in life. Um, and I kind of half jokingly, half seriously tell people my first real interest in medicine was I grew up watching the TV show Scrubs. If you're familiar with it at all? <laughs> um, and it's this ridiculous way to get interested in medicine. But I remember, like, even when I'd hear them talk about it, I just sounded cool. Um, and then growing up, uh, I also had a chance to do a high school class that was basically an intro to being a pre-med. Um, so we went through some of the diseases, and it just really ended up fostering more and more my, my real care about the subject itself. And every time I went and did shadowing, it just kept on bringing me further and further in. Um, so that's how I ended up finding medicine. Uh, as far as the Army side, you are right. My, my dad was a West Point graduate. Um, he did 20 years in the Army uh, as an engineer. And all through life, uh, everyone that I knew as uncle and aunt, they were all military family members. You know, I grew up hearing stories about their service time all throughout my early childhood. So it was definitely something I looked into for a lot of years. Um, the big reason that or I ended up looking at West Point at one point when I was looking for colleges, uh, the big reason I didn't try harder to go there was simply I didn't know how that worked with the medical side. Um, had I known what I know now, it might have actually even been different. Uh, but I went to Miami and then uh, as I got towards my senior year there, I had another recruiter come in and tell us about the HPSP program a little bit. Um, in my pre-med fraternity, a previous USHIS grad uh, came in and talked to us a little bit about his time in the Air Force with it. And it really got me excited to kind of look at that again. Um, and so, yeah, came back to Northeast Ohio and got set up with the Akron group. And uh, it's all kind of history from there. Now, I know you took a, a little bit of a break from, from Miami. What did you do in that meantime? Yeah, so I did a two, year, two years of gap year. Uh, so I went back and I did my EMS certification. So I got trained as a basic EMT first. I uh, got my fire certification, and then I went back to Akron General and did my paramedic uh, certification as well. So I was working EMS, uh, still continuing to work on the medical field, trying to do a little bit of shadowing here and there, 
uh, really just trying to build up not only my application for medical school, but kind of make plans of what can be a very useful time or uh, what can be the most efficient use of that time. Something that's going to really prepare me to go and stand out once I get into medical school. Have you noticed, uh, like with people in, in med school right now, have most of them taken gap years or is that kind of a, a rare thing? Like what, what percentage about would you say? Percentage, I would say, uh, I'm not sure exactly what percentage would be the correct, but I'd say more than not have probably taken at least one gap year. Um, it really just depends on who you're talking to, but most of, or most of the people I know have gone off and they either were working as a nurse's aide, um, a lot of them went off and did master's programs. So we have a ton of people with master's in uh, probably anatomy or in some sort of biomedical science. Um, and then you do have a lot of people that just, they got in right after undergrad and said, that's good enough for me. I'm not going to spend the time if I don't need to, and let's go and get this going. Um, so probably a little bit more take a gap year than not, but it really just depends on, on who you are. I think our oldest student is in his mid to late thirties. Um, so you really get a full range. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, uh, just being on the, the recruiting side, I do actually run into a lot of people taking gap years. And one thing they do ask is, is taking gap year beneficial? Is it not? And normally, my recommendation, it's like, if you take a gap year, don't just sit at home, um, do something with it. I know you took, uh, you went through the EMS route and the paramedic route. And I know people, like you said, have gone into to master's programs, whether it's in like health informatics or if it's in just something else health related. And we're, we see a lot, a lot more people getting picked up that way. Um, yeah. Now you said that the first time that you ever heard about HPSP was through one of the recruiters coming into your pre-med fraternity. Um, was there any other time that you heard about it? Cause I know a lot of people ask us like, why don't more people apply for this? And it's like, well, the hardest thing is getting people to actually come in, sit down and just listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the first time, so uh, I was at a, actually it was at a medical school recruiting event at the, at Miami where it happened to have an army spot set up. And I said, Oh, interesting. I wonder what's going on with that. Um, and there I got the very, very quick rundown of kind of the very basics of what HPSP is. Hey, uh, you're going to be a lieutenant in the army. You're going to have, we'll pay for medical school. You have X amount that comes in with you. Um, and then you go off and you do your residencies. Very basic rundown. And then uh, it was another, it was the Ushis grad that came in to really push for the military side. He said he really liked uh, kind of all the same things I heard from my parents all growing up. The uh, kind of the camaraderie, kind of doing that very personal leadership development. He said that really helped him. He ended up uh, going and really liking the management side and going off. And now I believe he's a higher up at uh, one of the VAs down in down the south. Um, so that was where I really kind of heard about it. But I think it is true. Yeah, a lot of people really don't know what the program is until much later. And I don't know if it's because your target audience for at least the medical school side has already gone through undergrad. Most of them already have that debt. And then who knows what they've been hearing about um, from the military medicine side. Uh, in my experience, even while I was going through the recruitment, depending on who you talk to, you heard all kinds of junk every now and then because people just don't understand what it is. Um, so I think there's a lot of challenges going in there that it is a little bit difficult where you really want to get someone that, has been through the exact experience before and make sure you're not listening to 
people that just don't know what they're talking about, to be honest, because it can be very, very frustrating there. Now, you did mention U-Shoes. Um, did you ever apply to the U-Shoes program or why, why not? Uh, I did apply while I was doing my medical school applications, um, in part because by the time I got in, I was applying to a lot of medical schools. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, as far as U-Shoes goes, uh, had I gotten in there, I would have probably taken a very hard look at it. Um, but I didn't have the opportunity for that particular school. Okay. Yeah. It, I know it is very, very difficult to get into. There's a, yeah. a very low pickup rate. Yeah. And I mean, I'm very happy where I've ended up as well. Um, I think it might've ended up being something not unsimilar to, or not dissimilar to when I was going and looking at undergrads uh, between West Point and Miami, having that little bit of outside space where it's not fully surrounding you while you have the chance, isn't a terrible thing thing either so if you're not sure how to go um i know from ou's been really great because i have about five guys that are all military or and we get together all the time we kind of get to talk about all those things but then you do get to kind of take that step back and see the civilian side as well which is great because in the long run that's probably where a lot of us are still going to end up um practicing you know 10 20 30 years down the road um so kind of having that surrounding you early on isn't a bad thing either yeah because i mean if you even if you don't decide to make it a, a full career, you come in, you do your your service time, and you get out, you're still a doctor. Like exactly. You'll have a full career to go. Exactly. And the nice part there is, yeah, you are making some of those connections very early on. We're now 30 years down the road, even I can go, oh, yeah, no, I remember so and so. They went to OU with me, and they, they remember me from that time. And it's just that little connection. Um, not to say, I mean, Ushis has all kinds of other benefits of its own as well. But um, if you are someone that wasn't sure, you were really looking for Ushis, and after the end, you end up looking at another medical school. There's great things about that too. And so, when you mention Ushis, uh, so Ushis is for those who don't know, it is the military's health services university. So um, it is the military so it's army air force and navy and it's our medical school so how that differs from hpsp um the hpsp program is a scholarship instead so you kind of pick your own school and the army just pays for it so with that um have you had to take any student loans out for for med school so far uh, i have not um there is, I think one of the things that is kind of, that kind of caught me by surprise is as far as uh, the money goes, you are getting, or most things you can get reimbursed for, but the process is a little bit slow, especially right now. I think with everything going on, it takes a little while. So be prepared for that. If you are making the application, uh, be prepared to have a little bit of money saved up, maybe work a job and save a little bit for the first uh, about month to two months of school time, uh, while you're still getting on the payroll, it can take a little while depending on who you are. I know I took about probably about a month and a half to two months before my pay started coming in and it all backtracked as well, which was really nice, but it means that I had about two months to cover. And then uh, as far as expenses, be prepared that you're going to cover a lot of those upfront and they will eventually come back to you. Um, so I was lucky my family helped me out with anything that I didn't have and I had some money saved up from working as a paramedic Had I not had that I probably would have had to take out a couple small loans But I would have been able to pay them off pretty quickly once uh, the bonus came in and once uh, The paychecks started coming in And it all it all really does depend. Um, I know for you um, 
because when we were working trying to get your your pay situated and stuff like that um you were a little late in the game actually even coming through and applying and um you're so your process took a little bit longer because I, I think we sat down initially around Christmas time. Um, and I want to say your commissioning ended up being somewhere around July, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, yeah, late July, very early August, one of those two. All right. So it, it does take time. So when we finally got through, we got the commissioning, we got your paperwork and finally got everything situated and you started getting paid. Um, it's due to that delay. So if somebody is looking at this program, personally, I would recommend start earlier rather than later, because for example, if we were able to get your, get you commissioned in March, everything would have been already set in place. So as soon as you get into school, everything would start getting paid. Yeah. Um, that's one of those little, little things where I, I always recommend like sooner rather than later, cause you don't want to push this on especially in my experience there was all kind of, you can run into all kinds of delays just from little things um so be prepared yeah you're absolutely right on that and i hope i didn't make it sound like everything's always delayed i know most of my other uh buddies who are all in hpsb they were hitting almost no snags right from the beginning so yeah it does it does vary a little bit from person to person no absolutely and that's one of the things that i wanted to actually have you on and talk about like what's the good what's the bad what are the like little nitpicky things that that you've experienced uh so far this year um has there been anything uh coming into like your m1 year how's it gone so far and is there anything that you wish that you knew coming in starting out with first on the army side and then just in general to med school yeah uh so m year i think it's gone very well in my experience um kind of both on the medical school side and the army side as a first year you generally won't feel overly different from your peers if you're in hpsp versus not other than you know that your your military stuff is being paid for and you have to kind of think about what's going on with that um you'll hear all about all these other things the things that i wish i would have known uh one are or it's just some of the the very basic process so things like getting your reimbursement even for things that you order before medical school because they will cover all of those items um your stethoscopes your uh some of your textbooks your um your medical equipment they will reimburse you you got to be careful though it's 45 days before the start of medical or your first year i found out later and uh, i ordered my stuff 47 days before the start of my first year so it's those little tiny, it's all these little tiny details that I think are just part of learning to be in the army, to be honest, is you'll learn the process as you go. Some of it by mistakes, some of it because it worked out really well for you. Um, but other than that, my first year really hasn't been overly different. Uh, I talk to my advisor down there fairly regularly. I try and keep up on some of those things just so I know what's coming in the summer. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's nice knowing that I have a paycheck coming in that I can make sure to make my rent every, every two or every month. Uh, as far as for medical school in general, uh, we were talking about this as far as advice and things of that nature go. Um, one, just make sure you're putting yourself out there. I think, uh, especially if you're looking at this and you're looking at HPSP, you probably have some decent interpersonal skills, at least in my experience, everyone that I've known that's gone through the scholarship is pretty good at going out and finding what they're trying to do, going out and making that initiative and trying to talk to people. 
that's been at least my experience with it. Uh, but make sure you're doing that. You know, something as simple as just reaching out to everyone. If you start like a big group me in right before classes, getting those connections is huge because that's going to be your study groups. That's going to be the people that can kind of keep an eye out for you as you know the workload really starts to pile up. Um, and then the other one is just figuring out what works best for you. So for me, it was using outside resources. Uh, you have a chance to look into a couple of these uh, different things and you know sponsor anyone as far as I know, but uh, Sketchy or Boards and Beyond are two of the resources I've found really useful. Uh, a lot of people use like the first aid books. Uh, using those kinds of resources is just huge for medical students. Some people really like flashcards and it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a stumbling block until you find that and be ready for it as well. Uh, most of us were coming in thinking anything shy, shy of an A minus was basically failing and uh, it'll, it'll be a stumbling block. I, I watched some people really struggle as they came into medical school and started realizing everyone here was an A minus or above student for the most part. Um, and so now that's an average student and you get ready for that part as well. Yeah. Um, what's been, so you mentioned uh, a few different tools there. What's been the single most effective tool that you you've come across um, as far as just helping you study, helping keeping yourself organized? Like, is there anything that pretty much if you didn't have, you would not be successful there? Uh, so for me, it's been, it kind of depends on where you're talking. So like pharmacology is a spot that I really, I struggle with. Um, it's just, it's a lot of memorization. There's so many drugs and there's so much that goes into it. So for me, that one was definitely a app called, or a uh, product called Sketchy, um, where the nice part is they draw a picture. Like it's, if you're a visual learner and you like learning with a story, it's great for that. It draws a picture and each character represents potentially a different drug or a different receptor. And that's a great one. But it really depends on where you're talking. For basic sciences or basic medicine, uh, Boards and Beyond has been really good. But probably my biggest tool is actually our second year is put on review sessions and put on study sessions. And I think that's my best piece of advice is use the, the students that have already gone ahead of you because they're going to be huge in giving you mnemonics. They're going to be able to be putting you onto all of these resources and tell you what worked for them. And to be honest, if it wasn't for the second years, that would have probably been my real struggle through medical school was had they not been putting on those, uh, those review sessions and kind of pushing me towards all of those other resources to kind of teach me how to find all this information myself. Speaking of mnemonics, I'm not going to ask you for the cranial nerve one. You can go ahead and ask somebody else. <laughs> um, so there's but, a few good ones. But as far as the, uh, those tools, what I can do is I'm actually going to go ahead and link them up here, but it's uh, sketchy and boards and beyond. So it'll be up here. It'll be in the description. So if you, or looking for those, you can find that link. Yep. Um, other than that, so with what's going on right now with the coronavirus and especially with the military on a stop movement, um, we were kind of, I know I, I spoke with you uh, last week and we're kind of wondering, it's like, hey, what's going on with your, your what we call the direct commissioning course, which is kind of your, your basic training. You don't go through normal basic training like every other soldier. Um, and also your basic officer leaders course. Uh, so I know you got some more information on that. So what, what, have they, what have you found out? So for me, uh, the only difference that they've so far given me is that my uh, in our on base time has shortened by one day. Um, so I'm still going at the end of summer down to Fort Sill. I'm still, as far as I know, everything else is the same there. 
Uh, I know something that didn't affect me, but could affect others is they've also canceled that for anyone that has prior uh, prior service. So if you were already in and then you went through the HPSB program with coronavirus, from what I've seen at least, it looks like they are no longer required to go to GCC this summer, trying to kind of narrow down how many people are going to be there. Um, but outside of my experience, I know a lot of my friends who were uh, in the Air Force, their dates got changed. They actually ended up with their dates getting moved up. So they are leaving mid this month or uh, mid-May, I believe, and doing their month there. Um, so basically it's come down to kind of really learning to be flexible and be ready to kind of work with these details, which I think is the general uh, kind of lesson of this COVID-19 outbreak and the world as we are living in it currently. It's be ready to adapt. Uh, it's gonna change. It's gonna, you're gonna have to be a little bit flexible and you're gonna have to make some plans based around that. Um, so what are you doing up until then? So I'm personally looking to go back and try and work with the EMS agency down in, uh, down in Athens uh, around HCOM. That's what I'm hoping to do. I think it would give me, for me, it was basically, I found it would give me the best chance to really keep a lot of those clinical skills up to date, see patients. I can try and work on my own differential diagnoses that will be even better than when I was a paramedic beforehand. Um, other than that, I'm just trying to do workouts, get myself ready for DCC, uh, start working on my sleep schedule again, because COVID has pretty well destroyed that. Um, and I don't think they will be happy if I try and sleep till 1 p.m. at Fort Sill. Uh, that will probably get me in some trouble. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just tiny amounts. Um, so that's what I'm finding. Uh, and I mean, it's a little bit easier to say I'm going to do that right now just because the travel bans are going on. Before uh, the COVID-19 outbreak, I was going to take half the summer and try and travel, uh, go see some family, and really get to relax a little bit after a full M1 year. Um, and I think that's a, another really important point for anyone that's looking at this is try and take a little bit of time to get some relaxed time as well. Get, get to do that trip that you always wanted to do or something. It'll be huge when you go in. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Is there anything else that uh, you want to kind of put out there for anybody that's watching this? Um, I do have a little bit of a surprise after this, but go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, I guess final kind of wrap up thoughts are, yeah, if you're looking at the HPSP, make sure you're really, you're talking to people. I, I'm sure your recruiter can put you on to, there's Facebook groups that are all people in the program itself and military doctors. That's going to be your best sources of information. Uh, you're obviously doing a pretty good job. You're listening to a podcast about the start of the program from people that actually know. So you're doing a good job of finding the right sources. Make sure you're doing that. And yeah, I can't talk highly enough of it. Uh, I'm working with the SAMOPS, uh, the military osteopathic uh, club down in Athens. And we all have nothing but good experiences. So I think you guys are on the right path as far as that goes. Um, be ready, med school is hard, uh, shocker. Um, but be ready to make changes. But having that little bit extra where you're not worried about the $300,000 worth of debt that you're going into is a nice little bonus and the opportunities that you're given are huge if you're willing to go out and find them so that's kind of my last pieces of advice um good luck to anyone listening to this uh go to ou and come hang out with me <laughs> actually i do have uh i have another person that's applying for hpsb so uh if they do get picked um and that, that's one of the benefits of having these connections and maintaining the connections with 
uh, prior applicants and HPSP students is it now, if I have anybody that is going to HCOM, I'm going to put them in contact with you. So that way, where you said that your best reference was those M2s, you're going to be that M2, that M3, that that you're that the new students can actually rely on and you can actually guide them through the process. Um, if you end up going to a school that doesn't have such a large community, uh, there's a good chance that there's also, there is an HPSP advisor that's sitting mm -hmm. there. And I know uh, when I was working with, uh, with Sam, getting the rest of his, his paperwork and everything finished up, that advisor actually was really helpful, not only to him, but to me as well. Just trying to facilitate getting signatures, getting, getting paperwork filled out. It was uh, really beneficial to both of us. Um, but one of the kind of things that I want to go through right now, so we have just a, a deck of random questions. Um, so be prepared. He, he only knows about one of these and I wanted to include that, but, um, what is something that you like that most people don't? Ooh, I like that most people don't. Let's see here. Uh, I've been informed not everyone likes to put fair amounts of sriracha on their really basic, terrible sandwiches, uh, as I've had my family kind of call me out on that recently. Like what um, kind of sandwiches? Are we talking about like peanut butter and jelly? or No, no. We're talking like a bologna on a bagel and then just top it off with plain sriracha. Apparently that's not everyone's thing. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just finding that out is I like to add all that um, onto there and I'll do it with any kind of lunch meat, but uh, apparently that's not everyone's thing just learn that <laughs> and what's the uh what's the worst piece of advice anybody has ever given you so i've had i've been thinking about this one uh i think it was uh don't worry you definitely know how to salute <laughs> um, and sergeant <laughs> Sharps knows that story very well uh if i if we have a minute if i can tell it real quick and then, yeah go for it uh, so when you do your commissioning, there's a, uh, there's an old tradition of you essentially you buy your first, your first salute. Um, as a new officer, you haven't earned anyone's salute yet. So you usually do a passing of a silver dollar to whoever gives you the first salute. And, uh, at my commissioning, we decided to, I decided to ask Sergeant Sharps if he would be my first salute. Uh, he'd been working with me for over a year on the headache that was my application. And I said no multiple uh, times. Yeah, yeah. He informed us that he generally doesn't do the first salute to uh, to officers, um, but he eventually broke down and decided, all right, I, I, I'll work with Sam on this one. So we go out, we do the whole commissioning ceremony, everything's going pretty well. And then uh, Sergeant Sharps goes and he gives me my first salute, and I forgot what I was supposed to do at that moment. So this poor man is stuck just standing there in his salute. Uh, if you don't know, the person, uh, the Lower ranking our soldier goes and salutes first, and then the officer then is supposed to return the salute properly, drop their salute, and then whoever was saluting them can drop theirs. And you probably got stuck in that situation for 20 seconds until family members <laughs> of mine, all of whom were military of some way, shape, or form, are basically yelling at me in the background to salute him back. Uh, and I finally remember, you know, snap back out and went, oh. That's right. That's a thing I do, don't I? <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was talking to my dad and my uncle, both of them, my, uh, you know, higher ranking officers later. And they were like, yeah, we really thought about making sure you knew what you were doing. And I thought, no, there's no way he doesn't know. Um, 
So that was uh, that one was one of my more embarrassing moments in quite a while. <laughs> awesome, perfect. So hey, I want to thank you again for for taking the time and coming to talk with me today. Um, anybody out there, if you're at HCOM, if you're if you're wondering, um, Sammy Hankins is out there. Uh, I'm sure you can figure out where to find him. Um, if you're looking at the HPSP program, by all means, give me a call, uh, shoot me a DM or leave me a message here. We can, I can walk you through the process. I can let you know uh, the ins and outs of everything. And I can even put you in contact with somebody who's actually done it. And so that way, if you have any questions, I could easily uh, either put you in contact or pass them off to him. But thank you very much, Sam. Uh, do you have any parting words for anybody? Uh, just good luck, guys. It's really all it comes down to at this point. Stay safe. Awesome. Thank you.